0: You know, something I remember from just last week was on a Friday. I was at that patrol post in Jerseydale, near the edge of the park. And I was riding along by myself on this old dusty road. And there's this little boy sitting on a log watching me, this little white boy watching me. And I was in my uniform, of course. And I'm standing tall, or sitting tall in the saddle, of course. And that little boy looked at me, he saw my uniform, he saw these stripes I got being a sergeant and all. And it seemed to impress him. And he said, excuse me, soldier. And I looked down at that little boy and I says, what can I do for you, sir? He said, what's it like being a colored man and being a soldier in the Army? And I looked at him and I thought, well, this boy's wise beyond his years. I mean, I never had a young boy like that ask me a question like that in the way that he did. And I said, are you saying, young man, what's the difference between being a colored soldier and being a white soldier in this man's army? And he looked at me and says, that's what I'm saying. Is there a difference? And I looked at him, and I was quiet for a bit. I mean, he made me think. That's what children always do. They ask you questions that you never got asked before, and it does make you think. And I said to myself, and I looked at him, I said, well, I think the difference between being a colored sergeant and a white sergeant, or just being colored in the army, is that if you're in a war, and I've been in a few, the Indian wars, and I was in that Philippine war as well, when you're in a war, you always know, in general, who the enemy is. You look at the person who's trying to kill you, and that's a pretty good indicator that that's the enemy, the man that wants you dead, that's trying to put you in the sights of his carbine. But if you're a colored soldier, the enemy is not just the man On the other side of all that smoke who's shooting at you, sometimes the enemy is really hard to see. It ain't like you've been drinking. It ain't like you got hit in the head and your vision's not right. You just can't see sometimes that man who also means you nothing good. I said, that's the difference between being a colored soldier in this army and being a white soldier. If you're a white soldier, the enemy is pretty straightforward. It's the man that's out there trying to kill you, and you can see somewhere out there, that's where all those bullets are coming from. But if you're a colored soldier, the man who's trying to kill you is not just on the other side of some field. It could be the man behind you telling you what to do. Your own officers can sometimes not have your best interest at heart if you got a second lieutenant who's from alabama or mississippi or georgia or louisiana and do i really have to say texas if you got a texas a texan and he's wearing those bars he's a captain or he's a second lieutenant or a first lieutenant and he looks at you he is not seeing a corporal he's not seeing a private He's not seeing a sergeant. He's seeing a nigger. And when you got any white man and all he can see is a nigger and he can't see that you got stripes, which you earned. And you got years in the army, which you earned. And you served in a battle, not just one, not just two, but sometimes many. And you earned the right of being treated as a human being by that man. Well, That makes you different from any other enlisted man who's white in the United States Army. What I'm saying is this. It's hard enough fighting in any war because war is about killing. War is about staying alive. War is about death. It's hard enough just waking up in the morning wondering if you're going to see the sun go down that day. But when you wake up and you're not quite clear who it is that you're fighting, the people over there that you can't see, or the man or the men right around you who you can see and hear clearly every single morning, afternoon, every evening. They don't have your best interests at heart, necessarily. They ain't all the same. No one's ever the same. I've served with some white officers who were proud to serve with colored troops, proud to be an officer in the 9th Cavalry. But there are others who seem to be always thinking, how did this happen? How did I end up serving with these colored troops? And I'm being polite right now. And when those men are behind you with their saber drawn and their pistols out and they're firing, and you can see and hear them out of the corner of your eye and they're telling you what to do. And every once in a while, one of them might say, come on, you boys, niggas, you go ahead and fire. You wonder who you really at war with who you're really fighting, you wonder what war is all about and what is the real meaning of you being there on your knees fighting someone you ain't got nothing against. And meanwhile, the man that called you a nigger, who's wearing, who's an officer. I'm not talking about all of them, but there are a few out there like that. And some of the, And most of them don't think you are as good. I say that all of them none of them think you are as good as a white man. Now that that's a harder war to fight. What kind of strategy do you develop to fight the people you serve? You got to be more than a tactician to figure out your next move. I'm not talking about a game of chess. I'm talking about human lives and you trying to figure out who you're fighting and who you're at peace with. That is what makes a colored soldier different from a white soldier. Well, I told that little boy some of that, and his eyes just got bigger and bigger, and he just looked at me, and I looked at him, and I just said to him, Well, I'm sorry, son. You asked me. You asked me, what's the difference between the life of a colored soldier and a white soldier? So I figured, you need to know. you you at the age where you want to learn. You're an open book. Well, I hope I filled a little bit of that book up, but that's the difference. Before I joined the military, I was enslaved. My family was enslaved. And when I signed up to be a soldier in the United States Army for three years, ain't much difference, not much to change from being a slave in South Carolina and being a soldier in the United States Army. But there's some difference. I get $13 a month, don't get whipped, at least haven't yet. I've been taught how to use a gun, and I've been taught how to stay alive and that's all right that's something that's education that i that I need, and that's what the Army has provided me, but that don't mean that sometimes it's difficult. sometimes it's just hard, and sometimes you feel like shooting somebody, and the person you want to shoot ain't. On the other side of that field he's right nearby yelling at you and you're just thinking well, I just want to stop that yelling right now but if you do that and you act on it something much worse is about to happen and you're gonna be in a much darker place and there are worse positions to be in believe me than a sergeant in the United States Army. So what did I tell that boy at the end? I said, I'm proud to be a soldier in the 9th Regiment Cavalry. Because no matter how bad my worst day is, it's better than the worst day, the, a good day for any sharecropper in Mississippi or Alabama. I've been blessed. Even that second lieutenant from West Point who thinks he was born knowing more than I could ever learn in my life, that's still a good thing to have a conversation with a man like that than with the KKK in South Carolina.